Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Crossed Up. Anthony Sanfilippo's here. I'm Bob Wankel. Anthony, I feel rejuvenated. It's a Tuesday morning. Phillies play two games against the Atlanta Braves. Yesterday at Citizens Bank Park, a heartbreaker in the opener. One of those frustrating losses. We've seen a lot of them from this team lately. But then they bounce back, as they often do in the nightcap, get the doubleheader split. And then that brings us to this conversation this morning. Phillies have two more left against the Braves. And I have to tell you, there were issues yesterday. You see the pitching weaknesses. That that stuff continues to be, I think, pretty concerning. And we'll jump into all that in a little bit. But my primary takeaway yesterday was, you know what? I feel like that this team actually acquitted themselves pretty well. Now, they got to finish the deal. And when I say finish the deal, I think they got to win one more. Like, I feel like you got to split here because, oh, by the way, that wild card race continues to tighten. But this did not look like a team yesterday that was outclassed by the Atlanta Braves. And I think that's important. Well, it's incredibly important, Bob. And, and you basically just kind of got into the, the genesis of my story that is, uh, well, hopefully by the time you uh, are listening to this is on Crossing Broad, which... Uh, it's not up as we're recording it, but that's it's early yet because it's all city all the time right now. But um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it it was an important two games to me, and and look, it's just the beginning. There's got to be two more in this series, and then three more next week with Atlanta. And you know, uh, you might look at it and say, "Wow, geez, you know, they're not. Why, why does it matter how they play against the Braves? Because this is a team that you're going to have to beat if you want to get back to where they were last year." You just have to, okay? You're going to go through this team. And here's the thing, Bob, and I, 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 I have this ready to roll because I thought it was, it, it was important from this perspective. If you Let's say the season – let's start the season beginning of June, right, because that's when the Phillies started turning their season around. Anything that happened before that was – you know, the, the division was close. Everybody – you know, the Mets were good back then. Right? I mean, there was a whole different world. Um, but since the beginning of June, the Braves have had 19 series, let's uh, all told, okay, against teams that are currently in the playoff race or were, were at the time were, uh, you know, considered a top team, maybe kind of falling out of it after the fact. Okay. In those 19 series, the Braves went 35 and 12 against those teams. They outscored those teams 293 to 199. Okay, they murdered these teams on the whole. <laughs> they, I mean, they basically ended the Yankee season. They basically ended the Mets season. They blew out the the Marlins twenty nine to seven in a sweep earlier this year. They crushed the Twins. They, they, Milwaukee, they beat them five out of six. 
Okay, they have been murdering these. The only team really that that um, I was actually a little surprised by this. Arizona is five hundred against them, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they they crushed the Dodgers in L.A. Uh, the th- you know the first three games of that series, and then you know Dodgers came back and got the finale. But um, they've murdered everybody. And the one team that they haven't murdered this year, and we've said this last, I said this on the last episode, is the Phillies. And so to see the Phillies yesterday play those games, and yes, they are a flawed team, but they are, they basically said to the Braves, you punch us, we punch right back. And we can punch with you for the entirety of a game, and we'll see who's still standing in the end. It's going to be, if they play each other in a five game series, it's going to be a heavyweight. And what I wrote today, and I'll say one more thing, what I wrote today, because I I think you're going to react to this. There are, in my mind, only two teams who can go to the World Series out of the National League, and it's the Braves and the Phillies. I've put, I've, 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 I've I've put the, and I'll tell you why later, why I think the Dodgers aren't. But um, yes, there are two teams out of the National League. It's either going to be the Braves Uh or the Phillies. I love it. That's, uh, that is a bold Bold statement. So yeah. we we do not like the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers on this show. I will say, uh, you know, in light of what has happened there uh, with that situation and the pitching staff taking a hit, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll react to that statement in a second, but I want to go back to something you said a moment ago, talking about the you throw a punch and we'll punch you back. It's 8-4 yesterday. And, you know, the Braves kind of – impose their will they, they they flex like they always do they're running away from the Phillies and it's not the Harper home run which we can talk about because obviously it's an, another Bryce Harper moment and this guy's unbelievable and he's done it three times now in in three weeks it's just crazy but the Trey Turner home run for yeah. me the one that like just from a mental standpoint like I know they lost the game right and it's so weak like I'm a big I'm results oriented so and you know this you, we've been doing this show for five years now Either you win or you lose. But you you fall behind 8-4, and it looks like the game is over. And then here comes Trey Turner, and he pops the two-run homer. And I do think from a mental standpoint, the Braves are sitting there going like, man, these fucking guys. Like, <laughs> it, there, there's a little bit of that, I think. When you when you uh-huh. do the back and forth and the, and the ebb and flow of a game, like, there is a little bit of like, damn, dude. Like, we just can't – we can't put our foot on the, on the throat of these guys. And then Harper hits the home run. And so I think that even though Atlanta wins the game and they say, like, yeah, we took care of business, it, it's a game where you go, like, damn it, these dudes are are a pain in the ass. You know, like, the, the Phillies kind of let you know, like, we're not just going to roll over. Like, you're not just going to show up and steamroll us. And then in the second game, like, you know, for full – for full not, – not disclosure, but, like, to be fair, like, yeah, like, Kyle Wright is, is essentially rehabbing, and he, he gets torched early on. But, like, that's what the Phillies had to do, and they did it. Like, mm-hmm. so they took advantage of, uh, you know, uh, I, what, an opportunity, like an advantageous situation, and they 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 were able to take advantage of it. That's great. Um, Yeah, I just I – I walk away from it, and I go, hey, you know what? They scored, what, 15 runs in two games. Like, you see that this offense continues to perform. It's the main guys. We kept talking about the big five. It's Schwarber. It's Turner. It's Harper. Like – they're getting, they're getting the production that in a playoff series, like you talk about anything can happen, like anything can happen because these elite level guys are playing an elite level right now. Yeah, they absolutely are. And you know, and you talk about Turner's home run, but you I mean Schwarber working the walk against 
a tough left-hander in Dylan Lee to get on base to set up Turner's home run. Right. I mean, is is equal? It's lost in the shuffle of everything that happens in that game, but really is a very very important plate appearance. Okay, and it it it's a him getting on makes the difference. I think in in that spot. Of course, you know the the error that should have been an error um, that was a hit that was Trey Turner's <laughs> in the in the ninth that sets up Harper's home run um, was also important. But uh, no, no, you you you've nailed it, Bob. I mean, that's the thing. Look, they're going to see Freed today. They're going to see Strider tomorrow. So you're going to get to see the two best pitchers that the Braves possibly have against you. But you hit Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton is the, is one of their guys in the playoffs. You hit Charlie Morton, okay? The Braves are looking for a fourth guy. So if you're going to play him in a five-game series, somebody's going to have to pitch that fourth game. And they would prefer it be Kyle Wright. I mean, that's why they're trying to get him back, you know? Um and and you yeah yes it's a kind of a rehab star only sixty pitches okay fine but that's a guy that they hit him and 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 so that's the thing and then the bullpen you hit a big home run off of Lee you hit a big home run off of Iglesias who's their closer and you sit there and say who do the Braves have who do they throw at you and you go oh man we can't touch that guy yeah Pierce Johnson had a nice appearance yesterday struck out all four batters that he faced and he's actually been pretty good for them. But I think that that was just, you know, it was a one, it was one inning, one in the third innings yesterday, you know, and they were trailing at that point. So it's a, it's a little bit different kind of situation. But other than that, I don't know. Is there anybody up on that roster? You go, yeah, this Phillies can't hit this, these guys. Yeah. And it's funny. Like we talk about the Atlanta offense and it is, it's unbelievable. And you look at the run differential this year, plus 238. There's nobody even close. I mean, yeah. in the National League, the Dodgers are the next closest team at plus 169. Then you jump over to the AL East and you got the Rays plus 198. I mean, the Braves far and away from an offensive standpoint have just been unbelievable. First in home runs by a wide margin, batting average, OPS, like you name it, the Braves do it. And they're good against lefties and righties, home and road. It doesn't matter. Like they, they have no statistical weakness on the offensive side. There are questions about the pitching staff. And, I, and, and to note this, though, I, I will say, look, you look at Team ERA before yesterday, and I don't know, I'm sure it spiked a little bit after giving up 15 runs in two games yesterday, but they entered the day fifth in ERA. So, like, they've been productive, but also you do wonder to what degree, like, you're not pitching with a ton of pressure, you're pitching with big leads often. Like, you've had the benefit of comfort in, in compiling those – you know, those statistics. And and I don't want to diminish what they're capable of. Like in, in order to be a top five team in terms of staff ERA, like you're doing something right. You have to have some talent, but you're, I agree with you that when you take a step, you, you take another step, you look a little bit closer. You say like, all right, from a matchup perspective, am I, am I absolutely afraid of insert player name here? And, and I don't think you are like, I don't think that you look at the names in that rotation in that bullpen go, oh my God, you know, like if we get to him and we're down one in the eighth or ninth, the game's over or, oh, we got to, we got to go up against Max Freed today. Like, I don't know, like Max Freed's a really good pitcher, right? Like he's, he's come back here. He's, he's thrown the ball pretty well for the Braves in, in August and September. His last two times out here in September, 13 innings, three earned runs, and he's only given up nine hits. Like he's a good pitcher, but like, do you, do you see Max Freed out there in a game one and say, or, you know, we, we can't do this. I, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they have him lined up 
where they have him lined up. I actually thought Strider would be lined up in this spot because it's it's kind of leaning. If you look, I mean, they can always readjust. The Braves can do whatever the heck they want because they're I mean, they can have... shut it down for ten days if they want. To. Well, they're also going to have time off, right? So yeah. I mean, they could they could pitch straight through like this and then reset and and schedule it out. But I understand why you would want to throw Max Freed against the Phillies because if, if if anything, the Phillies do struggle a little bit more against left-handed starters than right-handed starters. Um, it kind of negates, you know, Schwarber and Harper and Stott. Right, a little bit, so to to have it to go up against a lefty um, and Marsh for that matter. Um, so I, so yeah, of course you want to throw your lefty. So yeah, I, I actually, you know, does he? But he doesn't. There's nothing about Max Free that you sit there and go, oh man, they're not going to beat this guy. They can't touch him. Like I, I don't think of Max Free that way. I think Max, like you said, he's a good pitcher. He's going to keep the game close. So your pitchers have to keep the game close against the Braves when he pitches. And when you get to Strider, Strider, yeah, strikes out a ton of guys. He's got he's a great strikeout pitcher, um, and he's having a really good year. But the Phillies touched him up before. I mean, they touched him up earlier this year. They touched him up, obviously, in the playoffs last year. Yes, he was he was dealing with a little bit of an injury there. He could only he only had so many you know bullets in the gun. But you know the the guy is he throws hard, and if you time him up, the balls are going to fly because of the way I mean, he is, he is a three eight three ERA. Like he's yeah. And I don't like. I want to be careful here because I don't want to sound like a fanboy. Like I don't want to sit here and say oh, Braves aren't good or Spencer Strider's not good. I mean, Spencer Strider's one of the five best starting pitchers in the National League this season. But this idea that he's a wipeout game one, game two type guy is just not true. He's he's just not. Is does he have that in him? Sure, he does. I mean, it's it's not like he's Taiwan Walker. Like there's a there's a high ceiling for him, but is it, is it a sure thing that he's going to come out and go six innings, one run and, and strike out 10? No. I mean, certainly that's, that's in play, but I just don't look at it that way. But I think if you're going to talk about the Braves vulnerabilities in the pitching staff, which is fair because you know, like they got to play these games. You do have to look at what we're seeing with this Philly staff right now. And I think you and I sort of disagree here a little bit. Like we had a little back and forth yesterday during game one. I'm like, this pitching staff right now is just, it's, it's pretty tough to watch. It's like, it's Zach Wheeler and, and, what else? And I keep talking about the starting rotation and what does this look like? And it's been the question for the last five or six weeks now. And we're now in the middle of September. And I don't think that there's any clarity to that based on performance. Like you might just put your head down and say, listen, it's Wheeler, it's Nola, it's Suarez. So be it. Like it, we're probably talking about something that has essentially already been decided more or less. But I look at it and say like, well, if we're going on merit, like, I have big-time concerns. Like, sure, let's set aside Zach Wheeler. But the Aaron Nola thing is a disaster right now. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I've i reached the point where you watch him go out on Saturday night. He gets the big lead against Miami, and he just wilts in the fifth inning. And you're like, enough of this. Like, you have to you, – you could be trending in a situation where you say Aaron Nola has the most upside of these guys, so we're starting him in a game two, but he's going to be on an ultra-short leash. Mm-hmm. So if it's not Christopher Sanchez in a game – four scenario then it's christopher sanchez you know ready to rock the moment that you start to see a crack in aaron nola because that's my thing it looks good with aaron nola until it doesn't and when you see that crack he hasn't been able to patch it so when you see that crack in the playoffs i don't know that he gets the benefit of the doubt to try to work his way through or out of anything right now no i agree with you especially in the playoffs i mean he'll 
he'll still be given that leeway here down the stretch in his next in the last whatever three four starts that he's got left. Um, he's still going to be given that leeway a little bit. I mean, not a ton. I mean, you saw when they pulled him, they pulled him after four and a third in the last game because it was getting away from him. Um, so he'll get a little bit of leeway. But you're right. If he's starting a playoff game, there's not going to be that leeway. It's going to be, hey, we're getting you out. You, you, you know, you're just not you're not there. We got to get you out of there as quick as possible. I will say this is this kind of an interesting thing, Bob. Sanchez is kind of if you look at the way that the rotation is now, it's kind of slotted between Walker and Nola. So I don't necessarily know what to make of that. Does it mean one of two things? Does it mean that we're going to keep him basically on the same schedule as Nola so that he is the guy to piggyback Nola? Or does it mean that they like Sanchez enough that they would consider starting him and maybe Ranger Suarez turns back into that uh, Swiss Army knife role where you could use him in any situation in the bullpen? I get it, and it makes a lot of sense. And maybe deeper in the playoffs, you see something like that. Maybe in an, in an NLDS, or maybe you get that in, in the NLCS if you get there. But like in that game three, in a short series, if you get to that third that third starter, I just can't put the season on Christopher Sanchez. No, no, no. It, I'm thinking Nola. Uh, you're thinking Nola. Like So you go two and then Nola three. Yeah, or in that way, if you win in two, then Nola's your right. starter for game one against Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I just keep looking at this and like uh, there's a, a thought out there that, you know, Taiwan Walker is the guy that you paid to be that fourth starter. He's the guy that has experience. He's going to be the guy in a in a prolonged series in a game four type of situation that will get the ball. And I just don't know. I, I have to ask you straight up and, and maybe, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you'll speculate. Maybe you won't. Is Taiwan Walker hurt or is he just think- ineffective? I think he's just ineffective. I don't think he's hurt. I think he's just ineffective. Um, but he did say something interesting yesterday. And this is why I brought up the maybe Sanchez is going to be your game two starter and Nola three. He says, you know, um, and it, or it could be the other way around. I mean, I don't think they would go three for Sanchez. I don't think he would be his first playoff start would be a, a do or, you know, go win or go home game. But. I do think that he could start. And the reason he, is because Walker was talking about the Braves and he said, what, what what didn't work for me was I couldn't throw strikes. And he says, you got to throw strikes against them. There's a lot of, he says, as talented as they are, there's a lot of swing and miss in that lineup. And I'm sitting here saying, okay, well, who has the best pitches that create swing and miss? Who draws the most swing and miss on this Phillies starting staff? And Christopher Sanchez's changeup it's got to be up there, right? I mean, Wheeler and Nola are, are frequently, you know, in their starting. You always see, I think, Codify, um, Baseball Ninja, whatever the heck they do. They put out those lists and say most swing and miss in a start, in, you know, in tonight, in last night's games or whatever. And whenever it's Wheeler or Nola, they're always on there, no matter how well or poorly either of them pitch. And, and Wheeler's been great for a while now. But even when in Nola's bad starts, he does get some swing and miss. And so when you see, when you hear Walker kind of just say that, that's what they're looking for against Atlanta. And so does Christopher Sanchez's change-up play against that team? It's no surprise that they've lined him up to start 
in both series against the Braves here in September. I think this is a test for Christopher Sanchez to see where, if in fact, he falls into the pecking order for the Phillies in the postseason. Oh, and if he comes out and produces here, then I think it really changes the way that they may view this thing. And listen, I'm going to just give you some numbers here. Last five starts for each of the Phillies starting pitchers that are not Zach Wheeler. Taiwan Walker, five starts, 26 innings pitched, 588 ERA, 1692 whip, 841 OPS against. Michael Lorenzen, five starts, 26 innings, 796 ERA, 185 whip. Opposing hitters have posted a 997 OPS against Michael Lorenzen in his last five starts. Aaron Nola, I won't go through all of it, uh, has a 546 ERA with a 129 whip. Not terrible, but not great. Suarez, obviously working his way back from an injury. He's made three starts uh, in the last 30 days, 16 and two-thirds, 378 ERA, 687 OPS against. And then there's Christopher Sanchez, five starts, 27 and two-thirds innings pitch, 293 ERA, 119 whip, 751 OPS against. He has done a very good job throwing strikes. He's limited walks. His strikeout to ratio, uh, walk ratio has been uh, borderline pristine. It's been one of the best whips in all of baseball since he was recalled back in the middle of June. Um, I, I think they have something to think about here because right now, what you saw yesterday, the way that Taiwan Walker, like he, here's the way I view yesterday, it was very disappointing that Jose Alvarado could not keep that game within reach after Bryce Harper tied it. But the fact that you played the Atlanta Braves yesterday and you started Taiwan Walker and Michael Lorenzen as bad as those two guys have been recently and you got out of there with a split, that's pretty – I'll take that all day because those two guys right now have been just wretched. And Taiwan Walker especially. Like, yeah. I ask you, is he hurt? Because I'm not, I'm not reporting this. Like, it's been insinuated to me that he's battling something and that, like, we're being unfair to him. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that because we don't. He's there's been no admission of that. There's been no indication of that down there, right? Like you have not heard that. You've been there. And no, the only, I mean, I know that they had that, you know, one stretch last month where they gave him a few extra days off, right? He he went ten days between, like, missed a start basically. Um, but I mean, usually if that's the case, I mean, you're they, they, they describe that as like kind of like a dead arm situation, right? Yeah. Um. If he has an injury, I don't. I can't imagine with as conservative as the Phillies are, especially with the investment they have in him, that they would let him pitch through it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I, I can't imagine that that's the case. It would be, it would be so counterintuitive to everything that they do with their pitchers. So, like, I, I don't, I don't see that. Um, but I, that doesn't mean it's not true. I mean. It's possible. I mean, it happens all the time. Guys play through things. Like they have yeah. things that, that sometimes are minor, sometimes are even major. And and you don't learn about it until it's all over. And you say, Oh, I guess that makes sense now. But I mean, what you're looking at with with those two guys, especially, uh, it's just super concerning. And and that's I think ultimately when you're looking at this team, like I had some people DM me yesterday, a couple of our listeners DM me and they're like, Well, you know, what like I just don't even know if this is a playoff team. And I'm like, All right, like one. 
it's it's still going to take a lot for them to miss the playoffs. Like we keep talking about these hypothetical postseason series, yeah. and yes, like I will allow for the idea that the math does not support that this is a foregone conclusion. It is possible that this team does not make the playoffs. I just don't see it. And I've been wrong before. I've been wrong probably more than I've been right over over time, honestly. But I just don't think that this team falls out of that position. But I then mean, I've heard things like let's just be they, honest for a second, Bob. Just yeah. for, let's be honest for a second, okay? Sure. They have a five-game lead on the Marlins and Giants at this point. Who one of them would have to? So the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, and either the Marlins or the Giants would all have to pass the Phillies in a span of what? What's left? Twenty games? Like what's left? I mean, it's no. yeah. They played. Uh, they played one hundred and. Uh, 44 games so 18, yeah, 18, 18 games so are you gonna blow a five game lead with 18 left if you do <laughs> that's, that's, a, a, that's an abject disaster if you but do. you know I, I would say th- i would say this like people are w- what i think we're all trying to ask ourselves is like oh here we go red october phillies are going to get another crack at it they're they're going to get another opportunity is it going to be at home or are they going to have to travel that first series like that that has not yet been decided we don't know the answer to that question well, I think what everyone's trying to figure out right now is because we, we have to we have to know the answer now. We can't just wait. It's is this team legit? Like, should I get myself worked up for the idea that they could possibly, as you said a few moments ago, get to the World Series? Like, you think that they have a legitimate chance to do that? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are looking at this right now and they're watching Jose Alvarado come into games, blow leads. Sir Anthony Dominguez is a mess. They're looking at three of the six starting pitching options have been a, a mess here for the last month. I, I I understand why people are concerned. I really, I mean, I do. I, there are, there are many issues here. And when you're talking about a team like the Braves that have this all time offense, if you even get to them, I, I get it. And, and, and I, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. One more thing. It is sort of pathetic. And I'm sorry, like pathetic might be strong, but like we're doing this thing like the Phillies are in the driver's seat. The Phillies are going to have a, a home playoff series in the opening round. Like, wow, the Phillies are, are so great. The Phillies are 15 games behind the Atlanta Braves. If the Phillies got swept this weekend or this week at Citizens Bank Park, the Braves would have clinched the division. Well, already. they still can. If they win, if the Braves win if the next win, two, the three, if yeah, they win the next that. two, they can win. Yeah, the magic like, number is four. That's not good. You're spending more than what? All but three teams in all of baseball on your payroll? Like, you got clobbered by this Braves team this season. Like, so yes, and I said it. It's great that they acquitted themselves well yesterday. They beat this team in the playoffs last year, which is awesome. They could do it again this year. Great. Like, they're almost 20 frigging games behind the Atlanta Braves. Like, I'm sorry. I just can't hand out roses about what this Phillies team is. Like, if last year didn't happen, which it did, so you can't take it away. But I feel like a lot of forgiveness has occurred this season and just getting absolutely outclassed and pummeled by the Braves. In, in season long because of what happened last year. Phillies don't beat the Braves in the playoffs last year. I think we're looking at this team right now going, yeah, yeah I, I guess they might make the playoffs, but they're not very good. And, like, you know, the Braves are going to kick their ass. But because last year happened, I think we're a lot more comfortable saying it could happen again. I don't know, Bob. I, I, I don't go that far because I look at it and say, I, I still think that they're, they're going to win 90 games. 
and my preseason prediction was 91 and my not and i said at the time if they win 91 games they're gonna have a shot to go back to the world series but it's not your projection like it that's that was mine as well yeah, like, like, wins. like cool they met my they met my but if you're a team winning, you're gonna if you're gonna finish 91 and 71 or nine, you're 90 and 72, whatever, right? I mean, go back through the annals of history. I mean, that's that is a very very good team year in year out. What the Braves are, is, what the ahead. Braves are doing is is otherworldly. I mean, you don't win a hundred games on a regular basis. And then again, I sit there and say. How many times have teams won 100 games and not even made the World Series? Like, it happens all the time. Baseball is a weird sport that way. It just is a very, very weird sport where the line between fantastic and very good is blurred by just a by a number of losses, right? And, and that's it. And so and when you get to the postseason, very often – those hundred win teams, I mean, the the team with the best record in the history of baseball in regular season didn't even make the ALCS. The Mariners yeah. lost in the division series. Right? Like, it just didn't. It, it, that's it. I mean, they don't win. They don't get there all the time. Sometimes the best team wins, sure, but it doesn't happen all that often. So you just the Phillies played this, and I think that they recognized early in the season. And I, when I mean early, I even mean before their bad May. But I think they recognized in April. We're coming into this without Bryce Harper for a month, okay? Our pitching was, at the beginning of the year, if you remember, was was not good. It got good, and then it's fallen off again. But it, 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 it was not good in the beginning of the season. And, you know, they were basically a 500 team in April. And I think they recognized at that point, you know what? Anything can happen. We could still win this thing if the Braves aren't the Braves. But we know what the Braves are. We're going to manage this for the end of the year. We're going to try and be good at the end of the year. If we win a division, great. If we're just a wild card, that's okay, too. We're going to play it that way. And I think that they manage the season that way. And that's okay. Because to me, if, you win not, if you're winning 90 games, you're guaranteeing yourself a playoff spot. I, I don't know. Is there going to be a team that wins 90 games that doesn't make the playoffs? I don't think so. So I think you're guaranteeing yourself that you're going to be in the playoffs. And then – as it's set up, and everybody says this now, and I don't know why if baseball is going to ultimately change it, but as it's set up, wild card teams are at a distinct advantage. The teams that win those wild card rounds are at a distinct advantage over the teams that get a buy. Yeah, because you're sitting around on your on your hands for a week, I right? Mean- and you've probably not had to play a meaningful game for weeks before that too, because you ran away and hid in your divisional races. So, like, it's 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 okay to be what the Phillies are. Traditionally, 90-plus, 90, 90 teams that went around 90 games make the World Series, traditionally. So, I mean, like, I, I'm okay with where they're at. And yes, the Braves are having this epic season, but I'm okay with where they're at. I really am. I I, I don't have it. And 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 the other thing I would say as far as the pitching, and you're, you're right, everything you say, and I understand the concerns because the concerns have to be there. These guys are not performing up to the level that you expect them to be at. So, yes, you should be concerned from that perspective. But we have to always remind ourselves in 2023, and it's very different this year than last year, everybody's got problems pitching. I mean, there is no – we talked about the races a few weeks ago on this show, and you sit there and say, yeah, well, he's having a, a good year. 
yeah, Zach Gallon's you know probably going to win the uh, Cy Young in the National League. But if you look at Zach Gallon's season and you compare it to previous Cy Young winners, he wouldn't even be in the top ten in voting with those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like if you took the last ten Cy Young winners and then put Zach Gallon's season up against it, that's how bad pitching is in baseball. So we have to understand that there's that although the Phillies off uh, pitchers are struggling. So are everybody else's pitchers too, just because of the way the game has changed this year. So I think that we have to we we watch the Phillies and we get so caught up in, oh well, this guy should be better, this guy should be better. And I don't necessarily disagree that they should be better, but I also don't think that they're as terrible as everybody makes them out to be because that's what the sport is right now. Yeah, okay, and and I I will say this. I mean, it's in this kind of is a, a perfect segue right from the point that you just made, which is like you look at Taiwan Walker, and I'm sitting here saying like he has not been very good. But you look at his season long statistics or the overall statistics, you say he's got a four three zero ERA. Like, is that is that terrible in in twenty twenty three? The way that this this season has unfolded, the way that that what the standard is for starting pitchers around the league. No, like it, he's had a decent season. If you would have told me, let's just say everything stays right around there, that he's going to make almost 30 starts somewhere in that vicinity. I don't know what he's at. He's at 28 right now. So, yeah, he's going to make 31, 32 starts. He's going to have a 4-2-5 ERA, and he's going to have 16 wins, even though wins aren't a, a real stat for pitchers or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, like that's a reasonable season. It's probably what I would have said he was going to give you when you signed him. But I think that when you watch him pitch and the way that the games unfold, you just go like, man, like, can, can you mix in six innings, one run, like once in a while here? It's, it's been two months since we've seen that. Yeah. Oh, no question. And, and it's, it's funny that you point out, you know, his, his season statistics. He's 36th in baseball in ERA. That's out of what? It's out of every team. The league average pitcher. This, this is amongst qualified starters. Obviously, there's right. some guys with lower ERAs, right? But the league average is 4.40. He's 4.30. So he's slightly above league average. Right. Nola is two spots below the league average amongst qualified pitchers. Like, yeah, he's not as good as he should be, but he's not, they're not terrible. I mean, they're just not. It's weird. It's just weird. I don't know. I, I look at it and say, yeah, I mean, he's not. I, I watch it, and I still in the, I'm in that same mindset as you, Bob. I think of it like it's pre 2023, and sometimes I have to catch myself and say, "But who's really doing a lot better?" And I not not many guys. There's some, there's some, but not many are doing a lot better than what than what the Phillies are showing you right now. All right, so I want to hit on uh, at least two more things here. Um, and we'll stay with the pitching because it's similarly problematic at the moment. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez blows two games uh, over the weekend against the Marlins. Jose Alvarado late yesterday in the first game, uh, big-time struggles there. We saw Gregory Soto last night uh, get touched. Uh, it just – these guys, Dominguez, Alvarado, Soto, are supposed to be the, the big-time setup guys. And they just haven't performed very well lately. Now, you can look at velocity and say they're still throwing the ball pretty hard. Um, they have experience. It's just the ebb and flow of the season. They were really hot for different stretches right now. At the same time, they're all trying to figure it out. Dominguez and Alvarado have both had injury issues. Like, there's a lot of different ways to explain why they're struggling. But, you know, do you feel like that this is – 
do you feel like that this is a temporary thing, like that they're going to eventually come out of, and it's just the way the game works, and they're in a weird spot right now? Or do you kind of like? I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but are you starting to kind of look at this and go like, I just don't know if they're going to recover this year. I think Alvarado is going to be okay. I, I think okay. again, I think he's overthrowing sometimes, and I think that that's where he gets into trouble. I think it's just a matter of kind of getting him relaxed. You know what I think he's doing? I think he's competing not in the moment. I think he's competing against what he was at the beginning of the season and competing against what he was last year. Like, I think that there's a need for him, and I'm not trying to play psychologist here, but I think this is real. I think that there's a need for him, and it's not, how do I execute this next pitch? And how do I win this moment in front of me? It's, how do I be that guy that for three months was unbelievable? Yeah. And I, I think he's searching for that right now. And it looks like to me, he's fighting himself a little bit, which is why he's overthrowing, which is why he looks That's like fair. he's kind of a little bit too fine. That's what I see. Yeah. And I think that you're, and you might be right on with that. You might be right on. But if that's the case, th- like that's fixable, right? I mean, that's, that's not, he's got a, his, he's got a arm issue. He's not throwing his, he can't hit 99 again. And, you know, he's not one, strike one, strike two, good luck type pitches like he could get those he just has to he's just got to refocus himself when he's pitching so I Alvarado doesn't doesn't scare me at least not yet and I know last week I said that I was starting to see good signs with Dominguez <laughs> and then he went out and embarrassed me the last five <laughs> game, four games that he pitched whatever three games that he pitched uh yeah that one's starting to become a concern and it's become a concern because I'm starting to see that the Phillies are liking Jeff Hoffman more. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jeff Hoffman is going to surpass Sir Anthony Dominguez in res- responsibility in the bullpen. Contrarily, another guy who I thought was, yeah, maybe he'll figure it out. I mean, he's had his, he's been good at times and not so good at times that I now am starting to be out on is Gregory Soto. And I, I just don't think that there's, enough consistency there and it seems like and i thought yesterday was a very very telling thing and i asked matt strom about it yesterday it was very telling to me that matt strom was the guy in the eighth inning and soto was the guy in the sixth inning um or seventh i guess seventh inning when the soto pitch Soto pitch seventh inning sorry seventh inning. yeah you had olsen who had hit two home runs right and you were there was no guarantee that Soto was going to get to him because Soto was coming in to face in the seventh inning. You got nine one two in the lineup, two lefties, Nicky Lopez and, and Michael Harris, and with Acuna in between, and Olsen's in the four spot. They could have gone Strom there and saved Soto for for Olsen, and didn't, and they went the other way around, Bob. And I think that that's something. That, and we're going to talk. Let's. We're going to. I know we're going to discuss this a little bit here. I think you might see a switch there too. I think Matt Strom might be more of that seventh inning versus a lefty guy than Gregory Soto. And and we could dive into specific reasons why, but I, I just want to kind of throw that at you first, and then kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think what what you have to understand is. There is some time left, and and that's great. And you look at past performance, and you look at upside and what guys are supposed to be, but you also have to look at the results. And so when you look at a guy like Hoffman, like let's start there. 
Like, let's start with what, what he's done. Not only have the numbers been outstanding, but I also love the way that, that he kind of goes about it. Like, he looks like a guy, and, and he, he seems like not only does the production indicate that he's becoming more comfortable, but you're starting to see more personality from him on the mound. Like, he looks like a guy that wants to walk up to you, open up your chest, and rip your heart out. Like, he does. He is a bulldog like and, and you're seeing that on the mound and like I love that mentality it's very aggressive it's very attack oriented um he's a guy that right now is in a good good headspace he, he's a guy right now that is is getting the results he he has the stuff to do it like it's not luck you know it's he's he's executed consistently and you get to this time of year and it's about consistency uh, you, you have to roll the dice. Like you, you only have certain guys that you can go to at some point you're going to need them. But when you just talk to yourself and say like, who do I trust in this spot? You know, right now, I think that you have to trust him from the right side more than, than anybody else outside of, of the ninth inning with Kimbrell. And then, you know, to talk about the Soto Strom thing, like I don't love either guy <laughs> be perfectly honest with you, but at least with Strom, like, I feel like where he runs into problems is when they go multi-inning with him. Like when they go to the mm -hmm. second inning is where yes. he gets jammed up, which is ironic because he's supposed to be a multi-inning guy. And yeah. he was throwing multiple innings at the beginning of the year with some success. But it seems like where they, they try to get through, he finishes a, a frame and then he returns for the, the back end of it or the, the next inning. That's where his struggles seem to occur. So I think that what you, you have to start doing here is you have to win the game in front of you. You have uh, these the standings are tight here. You're trying to get home field in that first round, like trying to hold on, but you, you sort of, I think do need to in situations like last night, sort of test it out and say, can he handle this? Like, and you're in constant evaluation of what you have because you, you have to have this lined up in an optimal way once you get to next month. So yeah, it's an interesting observation. And it's one that if I had to right now go to one of them to get through an inning, I I'd lean Soto, but like I think Strom might be right there at this point. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting, Bob. And I did a, a a little bit of a breakdown about this on on Friday when I questioned Rob Thompson's deployment of his pitchers. That's when they pulled the day. That's again the they pulled Sanchez early against the Marlins, and then the way they went to the bullpen and and you know having to use Strom for that uh, a, a second inning, and that's where he gives up a run. And, and I went back and I looked at at Strom's outings when he pitches more than an inning in the second half of the season obviously first half of the year he was a starter most of the time and a, you know multiple inning guy out of the bullpen until they started to watch his innings really closely but since the all-star break 13 times he had come in and pitched more than an inning in relief since the all-star break and in five of those 13 he came in um and first inning was the first appearance, first inning that he was pitching was good. Went and sat down on the bench, had his up down, comes back out, gives up a run, and usually right away, usually a home run. And so the in four of those five outings, he came in. So one of them was a clean, you know, top of the inning, comes in, pitches the inning, great. Four of the five outings, he comes in with runners on base, two outs, Facing a tough, facing a tough batter. Okay, it's a tough situation. Like really ugly spot. One was Soto, one was Otani, right? All four times struck the guy out. Yeah. All four struck the guy out. 
So when the when you look at what's coming up for the Braves and Matt Olson has hit two home runs in his last two at bats, and you're t- deciding which lefty you're going to, they avoided Olson with Soto. Now Soto could have ultimately if he doesn't strike out Riley, he's got to face Olson. Although Strom was warming, I don't know. Maybe they make the change. Who knows? But I they wanted Strom against Olson and not Soto. And that tells me that told me a little bit of something about where the Phillies are with their lefties in the pen at this point. And I think if you go with Strom, with if you now that now that Lorenzen's going to be moving into the bullpen, uh, they haven't officially said that, but it's been insinuated, it's been discussed. Now you have another guy who can go multiple innings in the pen. And we didn't even mention Dylan Covey, who, by the way, gave him two good innings yesterday against the Braves. He's he's actually been pretty good for them, and yeah. so much so that he he's earned that roster spot. He has done exactly yeah. what they've asked him to do. Um, yeah. it, it was like kind of funny for a while. You're like, hey, yeah. don't look now, but that's six straight scoreless <laughs> innings for Dylan Covey, and people are like, shut up, you know? Yeah. And, and now you're like, well, actually, he's he's just doing a really nice job for them. Yeah, in the spot that he's being at, he's, it's a low leverage, but he's done a good job. Um, but uh, with with Lorenzen kind of going back, so now you have multiple guys, another guy who can pitch multiple innings. I think Strom now becomes a one inning guy, and they've seen that they're getting production from him in a shorter stint than a longer stint, and right. so that's why I think he's ahead of Soto at, at the back end of the bullpen at this point. All right, well, we talked about pitching almost exclusively on this on this uh, episode, but. I, I do want to just talk about something offensively, and and I know that Trey Turner had four hits across two games yesterday. He's got, you know, what, 11 home runs in 10 games or 10 home runs in 11 games. He's up to 25 on the year. He's pushing 800 on the OPS. He might end up hitting 275, 280. Like, he's going to be right where you hoped he'd be at the start of the year, which is insane. 30-30 season, Bob. Yeah, potential 30-30 season in play. But I want to talk about Kyle Schwarber because yeah, uh, I just – I don't – I can't believe what we're watching out of, out of this guy right now. Like he finally yesterday gets over the 200 mark. And I guess what I want to ask you is before I first do time since May 2nd, first time since May 2nd, it's been like 130 days since he's been <laughs> over 200. I'm going to just ask you this before I do like the, here are all the numbers and how crazy, how crazy good Kyle Schwarber has been my, that whole spiel. Does it matter that he's over 200? No. No, it doesn't matter because his on base is what three forty nine now. I mean, if you ask if you ask any leadoff hitter to get on base at a three fifty clip, you're like, okay, that's good. Three fifty is like good. Like, I mean, that's you know, you 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 accept something a little bit less if you know if they're productive. All right, whatever. But if you're at three fifty, that's pretty damn good. You're getting on base a lot. And I mentioned earlier how important his walk was before Turner's home run in the in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday. He's going to break the Phillies' walk record. He's going to he's going to be an probably over three fifty on base. The Phillies are going to face some bad pitching here at the, down the stretch. He's probably going to he's got a shot to get fifty home runs. Like you know he's going to break a hundred RBIs. I don't give a damn what his batting average is if he's going to do that all that within the span of. Batting 195, I don't care. If you're going to be on base 350, hit 50 home runs, and and drive in over 100 runs, I don't give a shit what your batting average is. I really don't. I totally think it matters, and here's why. (laughs) Because I don't want to hear any more about the batting average. Like Anytime you talk about the value of Kyle Schwarber, there's always someone that says, get back to me when he's hitting 200. 
Oh, he's not even at the Mendoza line. Like, and they totally dismiss the value of the player because he's not hitting 200. So there is something symbolic about him being over it where we can just shut up that part of the conversation. Here's one for you. Since August 5th, his batting average plummeted to 176 on August 5th. Here is what he has done in the 32 games since then. He's 33 for 114. That's a 290 batting average. He's hit 16 home runs, 14 singles, three doubles. He has drawn 35 walks in that time span, dating back to August 5th. That means he's been on base in 68 of his last 150 plate appearances. That's a 453 on base percentage. And he's doing that while he's slugging 737. He has a 1.190 OPS since the beginning of August. And we're still talking about his batting average. So I'm glad that he's over 200. So people will just shut up. <laughs> you How's know, his, uh, his, his OPS plus now, I believe is 125. That's pretty damn good, right? I mean, that's 25% better than the league average player in, in productivity. I, it's something else, Bob. It really is. It's, it's, it's a season like I've never seen uh, any hitter have in the sport ever. And I, I was actually kind of rooting for him to not go over 200 because he would be, he would have become the first pitcher to uh, first hitter to ever do the things that he's done. I mean, it's game. still in play. It's, it's still in play. He may not yeah. disappoint you. I mean, we'll see, <laughs> I guess. Right. Like, well, you know, so, so, so we talk about magical dates, right? And the, the Phillies magical date is June 2nd. All right. He's got an OPS of 909 since June 2nd. That's 410 plate appearances, Bob. Yeah. I mean, the batting average still isn't great. It's 225. On base is 371. Mm-hmm. 538 slug, 909 OPS in the last 87 games. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a truly remarkable, remarkable run. And, uh, you know. I just hope at some point someone appreciates it. Like, I just feel like only in Philadelphia can you have a guy hit 50 home runs. And I was critical of him at points this year when, when the OPS wasn't that, when the on-base percentage wasn't that, yeah. when he was yeah. hitting the 176. Like, that's a different conversation. But when you look at what he's done now for the last three months, especially this last month, this last surge, it's totally changed the overall view of his season and what he is. And, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy that's going to hit 48, 50 home runs. He's going to knock him well over 100. You said it. Walk record, franchise walk record. I mean, this is this is legit production here. What was the date that you did it from? August 5th. August 5th. Okay. So I'm going to go a little bit shorter than that. Since um, what's that date there? I'm just looking. Since August 22nd. Okay. Since August 22nd. So that's how many? Three games weeks. Are- yeah, it's, it's so it's oh man, I hate when I screw up on baseball reference and you try to click things and, you, and you're on the wrong first date and then it like goes Sad. backwards. It drives me nuts. I'm still doing it. I'm still behind. God damn it, Anthony. Um, but since August 22nd, I think there's only been three games total that he has not had a hit. I, I think For that's a guy that, that you know it's about strikeout and walking home run. Yeah. there's a little Nin- bit of consistency. Nin- so yes, there. 19 games. There we go. I got it now. So yes, 19 games. He didn't have a hit in the uh, in the extra inning game against the Giants. Oh no, he did. That's that's I'm wrong about that one. So 20 games. Uh last 20 games. He didn't have a hit against uh the one game against the Angels. He went 0 for 5. 
Uh, one game against Milwaukee, he went 0 for, 0 for 2 with three walks. Um, and then one game against the Padres, he went 0 for 2 with two walks. Every other game in the yeah, last 20, 17 of the last 20 games, he's got at least a hit. Pretty good. But don't All have right, a bat leadoff. Don't have a bat leadoff. Yeah, can't hit him lead off. Can't have it. It just he needs to hit three hoppers to shortstop and be able to beat it out. That's that's the bottom line. All right, let's uh, jump into one last thing here. I, I just wanted to look. I wanted to ask you what the hell. I mean, so again, I like looking around, and the the, the playoff races are crazy, and you know, um, the American League has kind of gotten interesting. So I wanted to kind of jump into the American League with you just for a minute. But what do you think went wrong with the Texas Rangers? How do you go from basically running away with that division? And there was a point in this this season, Bob, where I was like, that's the team that's going to go to the World Series out of the American mm-hmm. League. And now, I mean, yeah, they're a half game up on Seattle because Seattle's also struggling right now. Um, but Seattle came out of nowhere, and then now they're fading again, so maybe they're that's more likely who they are. But Toronto was so far ahead all year, and now they're they're struggling to get into the playoffs. What the hell went wrong with them? They just can't pitch. I mean, you know, they, they've had a nice little bounce back here. They've won three in a row, but against the uh, Astros last week, uh, you know, Texas at home have an opportunity to maintain a division lead, kind of show that, hey, we're legit. And the Astros just went in there and totally outclassed them. I mean, they just beat the Rangers pitching to a pulp. Yeah. And it was like a statement of you are not who you think you are. You are not us. You're not there yet. And that was the message that was sort of sent by Houston in that series. And credit to Texas for it, because things kind of really bottomed out at that point. They have bounced back a little bit here. Um, but I mean, the pitching has just been a, a huge problem for them. And you start to look at it and say, like, can they slug their way past it? Like, pr- probably not. And, and I think that that's what you're saying. But yeah, your point about the American League overall, I mean, it, it is crazy right now. You start to feel you start to feel pretty good about Seattle. And then you said it, they've they started to really struggle three and seven over the last 10. They've lost four straight games. Um, you know, Tampa Bay looks like that they're going to, to be very much the top wild card team. I don't even think that's in play any longer. No, yeah, they're so far ahead. It's not. You know, I guess that they could they could get to the Orioles eventually here, still down the stretch. I think it's like a two and a half game gap. But I I like Baltimore to hang on and win that division. You think that Tampa Bay is probably going to be the? I mean, will be the top wild card if if Baltimore hangs on. Toronto, I think, ultimately does get there. They've played a little bit better lately because they had been going through it. Um, That Texas Seattle. At, at the, in the AL West, like that's going to be the last wild card spot because it looks like Houston has has possession of it and is probably going to get to the finish line with it. Yeah, I, that, that so Tampa and Baltimore, the big series this weekend. They have a four game series yeah. in Baltimore. It starts Thursday. Um, I think that will be where that division. As a, as a baseball fan, I'm I'm rooting for the Orioles, and not because yeah. that ownership deserves it. That ownership stinks, but you know, I just. I look at the Rays and I I just don't want to validate what they do anymore. Like I just yeah. I think you feel the same way as I do. I I, don't, I can't stand what Tampa just, does. I think I'm, they're bad I'm for baseball. With Tampa. Bad I don't want to see, I don't want to see six pitchers in a game two of a playoff series this year. Like I'm done with that. I don't want to yeah. see it. Anymore. But I'll say this: this is the thing that this is the overall overall thing about the American League, right? Because it's really it's it's there's it's seven teams. You know, we know Baltimore, Houston, and Tampa are likely going to be in. Uh, and Toronto's probably, although you know, Toronto's only game up on Seattle, right? So yeah. Yeah, they're still kind of 
kind of not definite. So we know, and Minnesota's pretty much got the central locked up. So you know four of the teams, and then three teams fate racing for the final two spots. But you know, all season long, Bob, to me it was, oh wow, you know Texas is really good. They're probably the team. Oh well, well Baltimore is exciting. I don't know if they're gonna, you know they're good enough. They're young, but well, whatever. Minnesota's got great pitching. Their lineup's not great. All of a sudden, I'm sitting here like it's going to be the freaking Astros again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it probably will be. Like I probably will all be. this, all this craziness going on in the American League, and in in the end, the yeah. team that's going to be there at the end is probably going to be the damn Astros yeah. yet again. I'm very excited. I know all of America is really excited about that. <laughs> All right, well, that will do it for the latest episode of Crossed Up. Uh, for Anthony Sanfilippo, I'm Bob Wankel. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at AntSanPhilly. Follow me at Bob underscore Wankel. You can follow the show account at UpPhillies. Make sure that you check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And we will be back on Friday. Go Wait! Ahead. Yes. Subscribe to Bob's newsletter. Yeah. You actually you know what? That newsletter is getting some traction here. So you can head over to RedOctoberPhilly.com backslash subscribe. Uh, and make sure that you, uh, you you check it out. Monday through Friday between 9 and 9.30 every morning. It takes four minutes to read. It's free. And I appreciate it if you give it a follow. We'll talk to you on Friday.